Facts from the Field with Ag Valley, where we discuss agronomic and agricultural topics to help keep your operations successful. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Facts from the Field. Today we'll be discussing early spring burndown. I'm Randy Nelson, the agronomy location manager for Maywood and North Platte, and today I have Chris O'Hare, the location manager of our Norton location. Chris, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me in. So Chris, what do we mean when we say early spring burndown? Well, as you go across the territory, there can be different versions of it. It could actually be a late fall at times. Here we are now, beginning of February, and realistically next week we could be starting on some of this early burn down when the frost comes out of the ground. Okay, what are we doing the early burn down for? What What is the key? What, what does the grower need to know? Basically what early burn down does is we got some, some winter annuals and things like that that are going to be coming up early, and as soon as the frost comes out of the ground, things like kochia, henbit, uh, some of the mustards, cheatgrass, things like that start coming up early. Um, kochia can be one of them that's really hard to get, and if you can get it killed before it ever comes out of the ground, that's the best thing to do. So I tend to focus on products that target those type of species to give me both a burn down if I need it, or just a residual that'll get me through until early, around the planting season. Yeah, and definitely we've had the moisture this past uh, past couple weeks, you know, with all the snow that we got. So there's definitely some moisture out there on top of the ground that's going to get these uh, weeds going up earlier. Yeah. The, the big thing to watch out with that is these coastals start coming up any day. And when they first come up, there's a little tiny fuzzball that can be really hard to kill. Um, when you're doing that type of stuff, throwing something like a 2,4-D or something like that in the blend helps pick up those kochia that are just coming out of the ground that you may not even see. Um, I always encourage people, a, a quick way to figure out whether it's time to start doing that early burn down, look on the south side of shops, the south side of bins and things like that. And if you're already seeing kochia popping up, they're going to be coming in the field real quick. So once you start seeing that, it's time to go because you don't want those things to get any size to them. Cool weather can happen, freezes can happen, things like that. So if we can catch them before they ever germinate, pick up a rain shower or some snow to incorporate any of the residual we put with it and that'll keep a field clean. So you mentioned they're uh, you know, getting the kochia sprayed or the winter annual sprayed before they get up and really take off. That's really a big key in our resistance management as well. Yeah. As you move across our territory, there's a lot of different chemistries that we use, so I don't really like to talk about specific chemistries. Each individual agronomist has things that they can use by knowing what soils you have and things like that. But you know, things that have dicamba in them, the 2,4-Ds, uh, the Roundups, but then finding some residual that fits your soil types and the rotations that you have planned makes a big difference in that. Um, this early residual lasts a long time because you're dealing with cool soils and uh, if it can get any type of shower on it, it'll it'll stick around for a long time. A lot of times we're doing treatments here in March that uh, we don't end up having to do anything with them again until right around planting time or early post-emerge after these treatments. Also seems like a pretty good way to spread out your risk, spread out your spray acres. Yeah, it spreads out that and what goes along with that on that resistance side of it is we're using multiple forms out there and very few of the resistances are actually showing on the on the residual side. They're showing is we really fight them on the burn down. So if we kill something before it ever comes out of the ground, that really helps us along. I know we talked in one of our other podcasts about uh, water hemp being an issue and how back in the ice states they uh, can't kill it with anything. It's resistant to five or six modes of action. 
So in order to stay ahead of that, it's best to kill before we see the weed out there. Yeah, and we have the same issue with some of our resistance on our, our kosher species and things like that out here. So what you're doing with this plan of this early burn down, we're putting something out there so that we never have those those kosher show up now and we never have those uh, palmer amaranth and water hemp and those type of things come up when when season comes around and the temperatures start coming up. So quickly, so we can kind of spread back. We're yeah. not, not going to be hit all at once. Yeah, you're, you're dealing with crops and with weed species that are germinating over a really long time frame. So when you got that, having this, the layered effect going in on these weed control systems really helps you. Um, you want to get started early, make sure that we, the field never looks weedy. Then when you come back with that later post-treatment or uh, pre-plant treatment, uh, you're not trying to kill a bunch of big weeds with it. You're getting a residual flat on the ground. It's able to do what it needs to do. Every chemical that's out there, the weeds that it's killing burns up part of that chemical. So the more weeds that you're trying to kill uh, that are bigger weeds, the more chemicals actually getting used quicker. So if you're killing them in a residual type fashion, you don't burn up near as much chemical as fast. Okay, so like you say, don't you don't let the weeds get out ahead of you. It's going to be easier to kill them while they're still small or even, as you said, as a residual before they ever come up. And that's going to be able to spread everything out a little bit better. You're not using your pre to have to kill too much. It can be actually used to set you up going into planting and into your post. Yeah. And the other thing that comes right along with that is uh, planting and equipment moving through the field aren't disturbing weeds that are going to cause other issues uh, as far as damaged weeds that you're trying to kill with a post-emerge treatment or things like that. Um, having that field clean coming into spring and at planting, it goes through the planter better. Everything works better when you have a clean field. That is an old adage we've heard over the years time and time again, start clean, stay clean. Yep. Okay, so as the farmer goes out now and he sees these weeds starting to pop up around his barns, he should be getting hold of his agronomist? Actually, I'd have a plan in, in effect so that we're already ready to run right now. Um, once those weeds start germinating in there, um, the quicker you get at them, the better. And you got to take advantage of when you get openings in the weather. We could easily get a cold snap come in and it shuts us down for another week or 10 days or, or something like that. Or, or the wind could come up and blow on you for a week, 10 days straight, and we never get into the field. So having a plan out there and ready so that when the weather's cooperative, the field conditions are cooperative, that you can just jump in and run is a good thing. Early planning is always a big thing with this early run because there's so few good weather days early. Um, you definitely have to watch overly cool temperatures or extremely dry weather to uh, make sure that your burn downs work if you're having to throw those burn downs in there. Um, extended periods of extremely cold weather can slow down plant growth, slow down your chemical uptake and, and affect things. So. When you get into a situation where you can get four or five days of good warm weather before you're able to get out and run, um, uptake is a lot better with those chemistries. It's always nice if you don't have weeds up, but uh, at this time of year they could be coming up at any time, so you got to kind of check and make sure you don't have those issues. So stay out ahead of it. So Chris, what crops would be most conducive to getting an early spring burn down? Well, really, you're dealing with a lot of different things out there. Uh, any plant, any field that you plan on planting could end up having a spring burn down done on it. Uh, yeah, there's oats and things like that that are going to be planted right away. Uh, some of those you got to watch your, your plant back restrictions on. Um, it may not end up being done as a pre-plant. It may be done as a, uh, 
a post after the uh, the oats come out of the ground. Um, on the flip side of it, you got things that you may not be planting for five or six months or ground that may be fallow. Um, fallow applications can get pretty pricey if you wait till the weeds come on you, where you could go out there on some of those fallow acres early, put down a residual, still be in the rotations to go to a wheat in the fall or something like that. Um, there's even some products that you can use that are labeled on wheat, corn, and soybeans that have extended residual uh, to where if you have an acre, you don't know what you're going to do, but you think, hey, I need to burn this thing down and get it ready for a crop. Uh, then if the weather changes and you don't get a crop put in, you could still go to a wheat in the fall. There's options like that. Uh, the soybean side of it, uh, getting out there 30 days early or more uh, allows you to get into a Bayonville type product with your, with your soybean acres uh, without getting into some of the pricier, more specialized products that you get in closer with. So those type of things all need to be taken into consideration. And what you use for residual um, can even affect the crop that you're using that following year. So you need to watch out for what you have for rotations for that ground in the future. But you still need to make sure you take care of your uh, getting some residual down. Okay, so take care of what you take care of now. Get residual in, get ready for this crop. But make sure to keep your options open if you're not sure what direction you want to go. There are options out there to be more flexible with. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different chemistries that are available that work really good in this early burn down. And you know, as volatile as the, the crop prices have been here lately, uh, you got to watch what you're doing to, to make sure you're you're still open to change if uh, an opportunity comes in to plant another crop that you didn't normally plant, or extend your acres on things. You know, guys went into the fall thinking that uh, there might be more fallow coming into this spring. But now as the prices have moved up, some of those acres get turned into uh, a corn crop, a bean crop, maybe some milo, something like that. So you got to be aware of that at all times, that those prices could be changing. And you may change your plan a little bit, especially on the dry land acres. So definitely now go ahead, if you haven't talked to your agronomist, make sure to talk to him now. Get a plan in place as we start into the spring. Yeah, you want to get this thing done now. You want to mm-hmm. be ready. You want to have plans out there. So when the weather's conducive, let's get this stuff sprayed. Uh, let them talk through all the points of what what works for you and uh, what you can make work. All right. Well, thank you, Chris, for joining me today on Facts from the Field. Thanks for inviting me in, and I appreciate taking the time with me. And again, I'm Randy Nelson with Ag Valley Co-op. Thank you for listening to this edition of Facts from the Field. For more information about Ag Valley Co-op, visit us at agvalley.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.